It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome back to the Cotswolds and your latest adventure in the wilds with the BBC Country Farm magazine podcast, or podcast as we like to call it. My name is Fergus Collins, and I'm the editor of the magazine. This is the second part of my quest to find the true source of the River Thames. We ended the last episode having journeyed bravely through mud and flood water to find the official source of this great river at Thamesmead near Sirencester. But many people argue that it isn't the actual source but the real source makes the Thames a far longer river. So where is this magical second source? Listen on to find out. With me on this voyage into the unknown are Jack and Hannah, who help record and produce this podcast, and put me right at various points, as you'll no doubt hear. Welcome to the Seven Springs, the ultimate source of the River Thames. That is quite a bold claim by um, Coberley Parish Council on April 2012. There's a sign here. We've driven up the length of the River Churn um, to this place, which is possibly the noisiest source in Britain. It's right by a busy main road, busy A road through the Cotswolds. Um, and there's a lay-by here, which has got a burger van in it, fantastic. And there's a pub across the road called the Seven Springs. The ultimate source of the River Thames, there's a, there's a Latin saying, hic tus o temsine pater, Septemseminus Fons. Oh, here, Father Thames, is your sevenfold spring. So, this is quite a bold claim. This is the source of the River Churn. It's a funny little traffic island, essentially. But there's water, and it looks like a spring. It, it's, a, it's a sort of um, steps down to it, which I'm going down. Sorry about the traffic. But it, this, is, this is it. This is the experience. Uh, yeah water sort of appears under out of the hill and then um, disappears under the road 
but it's a pretty little grotto. Shame about the traffic. So one of the big claims to fame here is that it is Thames Head is only 110 metres above sea level, whereas here we're 100 metres further up, and we have climbed quite a bit as we've driven up. This is um, 210 metres above sea level. So if you were kind of deciding on what was going to be the source of your river, you'd want to be... You'd kind of go for the one which was furthest from the mouth of the river, and also the one that was highest. So this is the song of the River Churn, but is it really the, so the song of the Thames? So the River Churn would add 14 miles to the length of the River Thames uh, than its current length. And as we talked about earlier, it would make it 200, nearly 230 miles, which makes it the longest river in the British Isles. So this, could be, this is... Brave Hannah is going closer. I haven't got my right shoes on, but um, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, so it's got the same inscription above a little arched culvert that heads onto the road. It's, it's, a, it's a little walled dell and covered in ferns, and there's a few little ash trees. Hearts tongue ferns, uh, other kind of. It feels like a little rainforest, a corner of a rainforest. Very marshy. Oh, there's a few snowdrops and daffs on the bank behind us. So, welcome to the second source. It's sort of impressive. But I think in my heart I prefer the peaceful Thames, Thames Head. But there's definitely clear, crystal clear spring water here. And I actually would put a cup in and drink this. Um, in fact, I'm going to try a sip from... I'm not going to paddle because I've already ruined my, um, my socks for the day. Right. Here goes... I did actually drink some water. It tasted really great, actually. This is delicious. So, if it's come out of a farm <laughs> and I start to exhibit some even more strange behaviour than normal, then uh, that didn't really work. So, I paddled in the Thames and I've drunk a sauce of the churn. Mm. But, I looked on a map. There's another tributary of the Churn, which goes even further up into the hills, at Coberley. Now that, well, let's go and have a look and see if that could be an even more appropriate source of the River Thames. But first, lunch. So having been to the source of the River Churn, which frankly is much more impressive than the Thames, um, Thames Head, the Thames source, uh, although very noisy. So the Thames Head wins on peacefulness, but the Churn wins on drama. But we've come just south of Seven Springs, where the Churn source is, where the source of the Churn, churn is. And we followed 
a tributary of the churn, which is much longer than the actual churn itself. And this goes through a small village, hamlet called Cobberley or Cobberley, but we're going to talk to some locals hopefully and find out what the official term is, we can't agree. Um, and now we're standing in this brook, which we're going to call the Cobberley Brook. And going to see if we can find the source. It's just a, a little uh, ford here. So the water thunders over, well I say thunders, it shimmies over a little ford, little bridge, and then down into what looks like a newly dug sort of landing pool. More evidence of just the sheer amount of water that's fallen around here. Lots of trees been chopped down or hedge, hedgerows removed, it's a bit of a bomb site to be honest. But we're going to go and have a look for the, the source of this one and see whether this one can claim to be truly the source of the Thames, the Coberley Brook. So whether it's um, truly the source of the Thames or not, the Coberley or Cobberley Brook runs through the most gorgeous little Cotswold Valley, really hidden secret valley. Uh, you'd never know. It looks nothing on the map, but it's a lovely, sharp little deeply sort of incised gorge uh, with some lovely houses they make a beautiful little walk and you actually have to go through private land so sort of gated land although public access along the road uh, perfect funny these arable fields Ooh, that's a shocked blackbird and a robin less shocked the, row, the, the fields, the arable fields, it's a newly ploughed, well, relatively newly ploughed. It's so full of stones, it's more stone than field, and I think that's typical of the Cotswolds. There's lots of pigeons, this is a proper pigeon valley, and there's still lots of water beside us. So, this is the unsung source of the Thames. The unheralded, forgotten. <laughs> so we're coming up to a busy road, and the brook is now just a mere trickle beside us. Um, so does it really matter which which of these three streams is the actual source of the Thames? Um, I suppose it does if you want to walk the whole length of the Thames and think that you. But it's very subjective. If it was done purely on geography, the churn would win because of it's longer and comes from a higher, a higher elevation. But if it's going on tradition, then the the official Thames would win. But if we're going on pure length alone, then the Coberley Brook might have a shout. And here it comes under the main road. And it's actually quite dangerous to cross this road. But we can, you can see on the other side where it comes out of the hill for the very first time. And that's the source. Very unpromising spot. 
So it's whether you want your Thames to come out of a peaceful field or beside a very, very busy road. That could be the source of the Thames over there. I don't want it to be, though. This is too busy. This is such a yeah, crazy busy road. Um, there's cars at every source. You got the... At every source, there's cars. Yes. Well, apart from the first source, that was, um, that was more... And maybe that's it. Maybe that's why... Right, I'm going to go over and describe it. So, this Coberley Brook just comes out of two little pipes from a hill behind. And it's just... Runs for about 20 metres and then goes under the road. Is it safe to go? Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, so th- and then it reappears this side in a little fern-lined streamlet. Of the three, it's the least impressive. And the noisiest and... Uh, sort of weirdly very typical of the Cotswolds countryside that although you can find peace and quiet corners it's so dominated by roads and traffic uh, rather makes me pine for my Brecon Beacons which is a heck of a lot quieter so there you have it an adventure to see three potential sources of the Thames all with their claims actually quite somewhere moving to see such a mighty river at its very infancy just a few dribbles and drops and pools and then I think it would be really fun to walk the whole length of the Thames to see it growing and growing but now suddenly a little bit of peace large lorries going on the road so it's beautiful countryside but yeah I think the noise of it can be Almost too much to bear. I reckon if you walk the length of the Thames, I'll put a stick in the top and I'll follow the stick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take take <laughs> you a week. Finally find out how long it takes. So it's hold on, 184 miles. That would take me at least a week to walk that. As a podcast. A series of podcasts. Yeah. Week-long podcasts. <laughs> could do, yeah, could... One could, week. Well, no, one a day. Could send them in. That would be really fun to do, actually. Sort of do a live, well, like say live one, but here's here's me walking. (laughs) More walking. But then that's that's what the podcast is. Yeah, podcast. You can get sponsored by the River Thames. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, (laughs) that's a good idea. So there you have it. Three potential sources of the Thames. One peaceful, but not much water. One with a very beautiful sort of well to start things off, but uh, right beside a road. And the third one, totally unheralded, and with some um, <laughs> some big road issues. Um, and even if this isn't the source where I am right now, this water will end up in the Thames. So enjoy your journey, water and all the wildlife that lives along it.
Well, that's it for now for this podcast. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this adventure. Uh, we'll be back next week with more stories from the great outdoors. For now, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please leave some feedback or some reviews on whichever podcast provider you use, or contact me, Fergus Collins. I'm the editor of the magazine at editor at countryfile.com. And you can find out much more about the countryside, walks, news, stuff about the TV programme, recipes at our website, countryfile.com. A huge thank you to Jack Bateman for helping record and produce this podcast. But before we go, the last word on the River Thames should really go to Jerome K. Jerome. Here's a little taste from his classic Three Men in a Boat. Then we pulled up the canvas, and all four of us poked our head out over the offside and looked down at the water and shivered. The idea overnight had been that we should get up early in the morning, fling off our rugs and shawls and, throwing back the canvas, spring into the river with a joyous shout and revel in a long, delicious swim. However, now the morning had come, the notion seemed less tempting. Well, who's going to be first in? said Harris at last. There was no rush for precedence. George settled the matter so far as he was concerned by retiring into the boat and pulling on his socks. Montmorency gave vent to an involuntary howl, as if merely thinking of the thing had given him the horrors. And Harris said it would be so difficult to get into the boat again, and went back and sorted out his trousers. I did not altogether like to give in, though I did not relish the plunge. There may be snags about, or weeds, I thought. I meant to compromise matters by going down to the edge and just throwing the water over myself. So I took a towel and crept out onto the bank and wormed my way onto the branch of a tree that dipped down into the water. It was bitterly cold. The wind cut like a knife. I thought I would not throw the water over myself after all. I would go back into the boat and dress. And I turned to do so, and as I turned, the silly branch gave way, and I and the towel went in together with a tremendous splash, and I was out midstream with a gallon of Thames water inside me before I knew what had happened. By Jove! Old Jay's gone in, I heard Harris say, as I came blowing to the surface. I didn't think he'd have the pluck to do it, did you? Is it all right, sang out George. Lovely, I spluttered back. You are duffers not to come in. I wouldn't have missed this for worlds. Why don't you try it? It only wants a little determination. But I could not persuade them.